everybody and welcome to this week's views from the 573 podcast hope y'all are doing well on this thursday afternoon we got a lot of football to talk about bowl games are set the nfl season is coming pretty close to a close but there's still a lot of football left to be played we're going to talk about all that here the coaching carousel and college football keeps on moving around so we'll discuss all that here in a couple minutes but of course some house cleaning to get out of the way if you haven't yet be sure to go subscribe follow us on whichever podcast platform you prefer whether it's soundcloud Stitcher, apple Podcasts, spotify whatever your preference is go give us a follow there and keep up with the pods on that feed along with the entertainment channel you can check out those podcasting platforms as well check out the entertainment pod Hopefully, we have one coming here in the next few days, talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, since the wait for that is coming to a close, and we won't have to talk any more speculation. We will have the full thing in front of us, so we're coming to the rapid close of anticipation for that film, as it's coming out a week from today, uh, in some cases next Wednesday, and with the premiere on Monday, so... Hopefully, we'll have a pod for you guys talking about that and maybe some predictions for what to expect in No Way Home. So, be on the lookout for that on the entertainment feed. So, with that being said, let's get right on into this week's pod and let's start off with the NFL this week. And let's start off with this. We didn't pick this. At least I... Yeah, I don't think... yeah, No, I didn't pick this. The Detroit Lions won their first game, everybody. Let's go. Uh, the Lions playing the Vikings last week, a NFC North opponent. Uh, actually did pick this game, so you know what? This is one I'm glad I got wrong. This is one I'm glad I got wrong. Lions win their first game against the Vikings. Lions make a drive down late, and they get a walk-off touchdown from Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown to give the Lions their first win of the season. 1-10-1 is their record. And I know they're just enthused about that win. You, you could tell from Dan Campbell, from all the players, once it happened, you just felt so excited for them that they finally won the game. They've been close so many times this year to winning a game. They've been in games. The record indicate you know, I mean, you know the saying, you are what your record says you are. The Lions have been in close games, though. They've been in close games and just, you know, unfortunately things did not go their way, whether it's mistakes on their part, whether it's just the team they're playing. They finally broke through this week and won their first game against the Vikings. And, of course, Dan Campbell, I know he's happy about it. And also the first thing he did was give a shout-out to everybody that's been affected with the shootings up in Michigan here recently. So, that's good on him. So, it's a good week to be a Lions fan. Yes, you're probably not going to have a good run here at the end of the season. But you got your first win here. And you got it in awesome fashion. A walk-off win with the clock hitting triple zeros is a, is a good way to win. So, props to the Lions there for getting their first win against the Vikings. And again, I don't care if I got that one wrong. I'm perfectly fine with that. I will very gladly take that loss. 
So props to the Lions for getting their first win. Among other things, a Thursday night game, Cowboys at Saints last week. Of course, Taysom Hill starting for the Saints in, a, in place of Trevor Simeon. And Taysom Hill did some nice things. He did some nice things, but earlier in the game, one of his fingers hit a helmet, and that obviously is going to affect him. And I think it was on his throwing hand. That's obviously going to affect you in a game like this. And whether it's an excuse or not, he threw four interceptions to the Cowboys, which I'm it benefits the Cowboys defense since I got him in fantasy, but benefits the Cowboys defense and getting that thing rolling and moving in a positive direction on their defense and making plays there. Uh, there's just this one incredible interception, speaking of it, by uh, Javon Curse. Just freaking incredible interception. Incredible balance, hand-eye coordination, all that stuff. And the Saints, moving forward, you, you know, Trevor Simeon was healthy for this game. And, you know, you wonder what the Saints are going to do at quarterback the rest of the season. I mean, because... Let's be honest, they are not checking the NFC, NFC standings. I mean, they are not out of this by any long shot. They are not out of getting one of those last wild card spots in the in the NFL or in the NFC conference. So let's take a look at the standings here for the NFC, see where things are at. Because, listen, if you take a look at the NFC, they're, they're right there. If you if you look at the NFC right now, and starting at the 6th spot, you have Washington sitting at 6-6. Six and six. You have San Francisco sitting at 6-6. Six and six. And then you have the Eagles sitting at 6-7. and seven, The Vikings at 5-7. and seven, The Panthers, Falcons, Saints, all at 5-7. and seven. So a lot of those teams are still in this. The Saints are still in this. But it, we'll have to see who's going to be that quarter who's going to be the quarterback going forward with no James Winston the rest of the season. Obviously, you're going to, have to go with one of the two. Which one will Sean Payton lean towards? And so that'll be a curious discussion to have for on the Cowboys side. Not a whole lot of carries for Zeke in this game. And that's been the way that things have been uh, have been trending here recently. Is that Tony Pollard has gotten a lot more snaps in the backfield than, than Zeke. And Zeke is a little bit banged up right now. And I don't think Zeke is the type of back where you just roll him out there and you hand the ball to him. 25, 30 times and say, go get over 100 yards. Uh, 13 carries compared to Tony Pollard's seven. So they didn't run the ball a whole lot to begin with. But with the way things have been trending, Pollard has been getting about half the snaps Zeke has. And Pollard's been making the most of this. He had a touchdown in this game. He broke a long one at 58 for a touchdown, which nobody could catch him. And he's been... And looking at how the snaps have been distributed between the two, he's taking advantage of this for sure. Uh, Dak, 26 of 42, 38, one touchdown, one pick. 
and it's just another day at the office for him. But the Cowboys, this is a good victory for them, 27-17. 8-4, you start to see the Eagles kind of make up some ground here recently with how they've been playing. And uh, right now, Cowboys sitting at 8-4. So that's a, that was last night's Thursday, last week's Thursday night game. Uh, Chargers at Bengals. This one was a fun one. I kept my eye on this game for most of Sunday since Titans weren't playing. And I figured it was between this or Buccaneers at Falcons. I thought this one was going to be the much more interesting game. It was going to be the more fun one. You had these two young quarterbacks in Burrow and Herbert. And these two teams that are young that are trying to get on the right track here. And it did not disappoint. With uh, with the Bengals losing this game at one, at home, forty one to twenty two, the Bengals had a couple chances here in this game. The thing that was the turnaround for them is when Joe Mixon had that awful fumble. Chargers picked it up and took it back to the end zone for six. That was the turning point for this game, and the Bengals could never recover from that point after. And the Chargers, they just took this game and won it on the road 41 to 22. Herbert, 26 of 35, 317, three touchdowns and one pick. Joe Burrow, he had a couple sacks in this game. And also, a couple picks in this game going 24 of 40 with 300 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mike Williams had himself a game for the Chargers, as well as T. Higgins on the other side for. The Bengals, just that you cannot let a home team come in, or you cannot let a road team come into your home stadium and score 17 unanswered. It's not going to end up going well for you guys, especially if you have a fumble like Mixon did that was just absolutely devastating in the moment. So Chargers, they get the win there. Both those teams are sitting at 7-5. and five. Moving on to the next game, Buccaneers at Falcons. Falcons kept this one a little bit closer than uh, I think you would have liked if you're a Buccaneers fan. 32-17 was the was a score. Matt Ryan, no passing touchdowns, but every else for the Falcons had decent days. Cordero Patterson, 13 carries with 78 yards. Russell Gage, 11 receptions for 130 yards. And Chris Godwin had a crazy day for the Buccaneers. No touchdown catches, but he had 15 catches in total with 143 yards. So a lot of a lot of targets for Godwin. No touchdowns, though, with Brady throwing four of them here in this game with a couple going to Gronk. Did have an interception, 38-51, 368 passing. Buccaneers looking increasingly like that top team in the NFC Right now, and we'll see if the Packers have anything to say about that with the Cardinals. See if they have anything to say about that now that Kyler and DeAndre are back. So we'll have to see, but Buccaneers, they get the win there. Cardinals at Bears, speaking of the Cardinals, both those guys coming back in this one. They've obviously missed the last few games, so it was good for the Cardinals to, for them to have them back. Kyler had a couple touchdowns passing and I believe a couple touchdowns rushing as well. And DeAndre Hopkins wasn't the leading receiver. 
for the for the Cardinals. It was James Conner, leading rusher and leading receiver. So, Cardinals, they come into Chicago, knock uh, knock off the Bears, thirty three to twenty two, move on to ten and two. They're seven and zero on the road. Really impressive road mark there for them. Moving on to the next game, of course, Vikings at Lions. Next up, Washington at Las Vegas at the Raiders. Washington with Taylor Heineke has been an interesting story to watch. Uh, you can't help but root for the guy. But you also have to wonder, is Washington going to find somebody down the line to be their long-term answer? And uh, in this game, Washington needed a last-second field goal to win this game by a guy they just signed last week, Brian Johnson. They sign him off the streets and he comes in and helps kick the game-winning field goal and pushes Washington to 6-6 six, uh, six six to 500 record. And so they're in the playoff hunt. So we'll have to see how they do. Although they did lose Logan Thomas, that's going, going to be a huge loss for them as he's done for the rest of the season. So, Heineke loses one of his big-time targets right there. But Washington, they do get the win there, 17-15. Ravens at Steelers. Again, NFC North matchup. It's unpredictable. Weird things will happen. I know some weird things will happen in divisional games, but in the NFC North, it just seems different. Baltimore. Goes into this game, and Pittsburgh goes into this game looking at maybe getting a huge win over a division rival. Baltimore goes in this game after winning last week, even though it didn't look pretty. And Baltimore loses by a point, 22-19, with the gamble by the Ravens late, going for two. And, and which, if they gotten the two... They would have won this game. They would have won this game. But, alas, it didn't happen for the Ravens. Now you have Peter Lewis, who may or may not be happy with the result. And Matt Mormon, who's definitely not happy with this result. But, in all honesty, the two-point conversion was convertible. It, it was... it. If Lamar... The way my dad put it to me is like he, he threw it a little bit too hard. It the if Lamar threw it a little bit better there, Andrews probably could have got it because if Andrews catches that, he he's walking in there and I think he scores. And that gives the Ravens the lead. So just a bad throw there at the end on the two point conversion. Steelers now six and five and one at home. But winning this game at home. Four two and one at home with their home record. As the Ravens fall to 8-4. And, and that's not good for them considering where the standings stand at this point. You know what? I think we'll take a look at the standings. We've already taken a look at the NFC. We'll, we'll take a look at them here in a bit. And uh, the AFC as well. Because the AFC is wild. We're going to have to take a couple minutes to go through that. So, the Ravens beat the Steelers there. 49ers at Seahawks. Boy, let me tell you, the 49ers came so close to winning that game there at the end. So close to winning that game. And the Seahawks finally get back in the win column with this one. 30-23. Being an in division rival. 
49ers had their chance there at the end. They had their chance there at the end, and they just could not connect and come through there late in that game. So Seahawks win there. Broncos at Chiefs. It was a matchup that you need to watch out for because it could potentially it could have potentially decided if the Broncos win. It could have made the AFC West a little bit more crazy than it already is. The Chiefs win 22-9. Not a huge day from a lot of the parties involved in this game. Mahomes, 15-29, 184 in a pick. Teddy Bridgewater, 257, one touchdown, two picks. 22-40. Javante Williams had a good day rushing for the Broncos. The Chiefs are somehow still winning these, winning these games. They're sitting at 8-4 here. And Mahomes, I mean, he's not looking like Mahomes at all. Like the type of guy that you would expect. You know, twenty. He has got, he's got 25 touchdowns on the year. 12 interceptions. He's still fifth in total passing yards this year. So, he's fine there. But something seems to be off. Something definitely seems to be off. Who knows what it is. But he's just like, you know, you can't be that great all the time. Is that you're going to have moments or seasons like this where it's like, yeah, it, it, is he off? And then, who knows, maybe next year he comes back and he, he looks like the, the guy we've been watching for the last several seasons. But the Chiefs get the win there. And the Monday night game, Patriots at Bills. And uh, what looked like it could have been a snowy game. There was a little bit of snow, but I don't think it was sticking. But it was a very windy game. A very windy game that decided a lot of things in how this contest would be played. Particularly on the New England side. With them only attempting three passes. Mac Jones attempting three passes on the evening was two or three, so you can't knock that. But the Patriots run game, they just continue to run at him and run at him and run at him, whether it's with Damian Harris, who had a big score here in this game, Ramon J. Stevenson, whether it's handoffs to one of your wide receivers or handoffs to somebody like Johnny Smith. They kept on running and running, and the Bills could not stop it. If I was the Bills, I would have sold. I would have sold out for the run, because Patriots are, are not looking like they're passing. They did a couple play fakes. They did one screen, and that was it. So, if I was the Bills, I would have sold out, all in on the run. But props to those Patriots running backs. They they could not get them down. They were gashing them pretty big on some first down plays and. That's not going to help. I think if you're going against a team like that, who's just running the ball like that, you got to stop them on first down and put them in second and long or third and long situations to where they can't run. They got to pass. And so they continue to get them on first downs, get good yardage there, and they didn't have to worry about passing it. And the Bills, they had their chances. They had their chances. And they... Missed on them. They missed on them big time. And that two-point conversion early on by Bill Belichick was... We didn't know if it would turn out huge or not. And later in the game, it turned out to be a huge big time call there. Because 
that doesn't happen, then if you miss the two-point conversion, it makes it a 12 to 10 game and Buffalo needs a field goal and they can win it. Or if you settle for the extra point, you make it a 13 to 10 game and Buffalo it could still kick a field goal to go and tie, but it's not for certain in windy conditions. So the Patriots, they remain on top of the NFC on the AFC East. Buffalo now needing to go to Foxborough now here in a couple weeks. And one one at New England. And I think for cer- or for certain they're going to have to face a team that's going to pass a little bit more than they did in this game, for sure. So, I said we were going to take a look at the standings. Let's take a look at them and where things stand after week number 13. So, let's start off with the NFC. We've already kind of talked about that here. And we talked about the lower seeds in the NFC. Uh, for the top five seeds, we got the Rams sitting at eight and four, despite their uh, how their team has looked here recently. They're still sitting there comfortably at that fifth spot. Cowboys at eight and four as well, on top of the NFC East. Then you got the Buccaneers sitting at nine and three, the Packers sitting at nine and three, and the Cardinals still sitting on top at ten and two. You got the Packers. They hold the tie over Tampa Bay based on best win percentage and conference games. So right now, that would be the standings. The standings right now, if the playoffs started today, Arizona, they get their bye week. The number one seeds get the bye week this year. And then you have Green Bay as the two seed. They would be playing Washington or San Francisco, I think is... I think that... I'm confused by all the new playoff stuff. So Arizona, they they definitely get a bye week. And yeah, so Green Bay, San Francisco, Tampa, Washington, and Dallas, and the Rams. There we go. So those would be your playoff standings right there in the NFC. Now for the AFC, Things are so interesting here in the AFC. Because right now, you can look at the AFC and see like several of these teams would be ahead of Washington, ahead of San Francisco in the NFC. So, I mean, let's start here at the 13th spot in the AFC. The Dolphins sitting at 6-7. and seven. They've been hot here recently. And Broncos sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Of course, AFC West, we'll still have to see how that division unfolds because you got the Chargers at 7-5. You got the Broncos at 6-6. Six and six, You got the Raiders at 6-6 six and six as well. And those teams still have to play each other a few more times this season. So we'll, <laughs> a lot's going to be unfolded from those matchups. Next up, you got the Browns sitting, at 11 and 11, sitting in the 11th spot, 6-6. Six and six. Raiders sitting at, at the 10th spot. The Colts sitting at seven and six at the ninth spot. Pittsburgh at eight, six, five, and one. And I think they would just be on the outside looking in and getting into the playoffs. Both them and the Colts. Because right now Buffalo sitting at that seventh spot, seven and five. Bengals sitting at seven and five at six. Chargers seven and five in the number five spot. 
Then you got the Chiefs at number four, the Ravens at number three, and Titans at number two, still holding one of the top seeds in the AFC without having to play a game this week where you had a couple teams that had some chances to jump them. It did not happen. And all those teams are sitting there at 8-4. and four. And then you have New England sitting at 9-4. and four. So, a lot to still be decided there in the AFC. A lot to be decided. Nothing is for certain in this conference this year. As you got a lot of teams with the same record. A lot of games still left to be played. And some of these teams have got to play each other. And... It's going to change a lot of things in how this AFC conference is going to look in uh in the next few weeks. But right now, the matchups, Patriots have the bye week. So them and Arizona would have the bye week as their respective one seeds in both the conferences. You get Titans and Bills rematch from a few weeks ago. I'm sure the Bills will be itching for a rematch in that scenario and trying to right the wrong with what happened in that game. Then you have Baltimore against Cincinnati and AFC North matchup. And then you get Kansas City and the LA Chargers at AFC West matchup. So you would get a rubber match of a couple of conference opponents and playing their uh, other teams in their division. You have the Ravens and Bengals. They would get a third crack at one another. Same thing with the Chiefs and the Chargers. So, the way things unfold, that could be an interesting way to how the playoffs could set up going forward. We're just going to have to see, again, a lot to still be figured out here in the weeks to come. But the AFC, it's looking like a wild division that can have a really fun and exciting end to the rest of the season. Figure out who's going in. And who is not going to make the playoffs. So. With that said. Let's go and take a look. At the games. This week. With week 14. I think we'll do the Thursday night game last this week. Next up. Speaking of an AFC North matchup. You got the Ravens at. Browns. You got the. You got the Ravens heading up to Cleveland. This weekend. With uh, with Cleveland sitting there at six and six, the AFC North is a crazy division as well. With both both the, all those teams sitting at five hundred or better, and as far I think you got to go with Baltimore in this scenario. But again, I just said with the Steelers and Ravens game, the AFC North I think is unpredictable. And right now, I mean, Cleveland's sitting right now as a as a favorite in this game. And I think I'm going to go against this. I think I'm going to go against this. I'm going to go and pick the Ravens. I just don't know how. I think maybe the Ravens' defense can get to Baker this week. Baker's obviously banged up from this season. So maybe they can bang him up a little bit more. And can stop the Browns rushing attack with Chubb there in the backfield. So give me the Ravens to go to Cleveland and get back in the win column. And speaking of AFC West matchup, 
Raiders at Chiefs. Of course, the last time the Raiders went to Arrowhead last year, they completely surprised everybody and won that game at Arrowhead. Really impressive win there. Can they do it again this year? I do think they got a shot. Because the Chiefs have been up and down this whole season. Along with the along with the Raiders. Could we see a good performance from Derek Carr? Could Josh Jacobs get the running game going? It certainly could. I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But I think this will be a closer contest. The line is around 9.5 points. I think I'm, uh, I'm going to bet the Raiders to, to cover that. And it's going to, I would bet the Raiders to cover that and say that I think it's going to be a lot closer game than that. It's going to be a really close one. So give me the Chiefs, but the Raiders, I think, are going to play ball with, they're going to play ball with them. They're going to keep this game close. Next up, we got an NFC East matchup. Cowboys at Washington. Washington, really good win at the Raiders last week. And Cowboys were are back on in the win column, and the and Washington they're coming, they're they're coming, they're sitting there at six and six, and if the Cowboys don't watch out, listen, if the Cowboys lose this game, the Ray, the Washington would move to seven and six. It would put them very close to getting to that NFC East title. It would get them very close. I don't I don't know the specifics. Maybe a game, maybe a game and a half closer to Dallas. Because Dallas would have another loss than they do. So probably around a game. Probably around a game. If I think about it, probably around a game is if Washington wins this one, they would be really close. And the questions would start to come for Dallas about this team. I think Dallas should win this game, but I do think Washington will make things interesting in this game. I will take the Cowboys, though. I will take the Cowboys. Although Washington, a lot of things going for them with their team right now, and also this game at home for them. Next up, Jaguars and Titans in AFC South matchup. Titans coming off a much-needed bye week. Let me tell you about that. Much needed by week. It looks like they're getting a lot of players back this week. They activated Julio off the IR. So that's good news for them, as well as a couple other players. A couple other players that probably were not on the IR. They were probably a little bit banged up. Got some much needed rest, so they're probably good to go. The Titans should win this game. They should win this game. If they don't, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a good uh, good time in Nashville for sure. And the Jaguars have been sneaky. They've been in some games this year. I'll take my team, though. I'll take the Titans, but we'll have to see how the injuries affect them and if they got some much-needed rest here for the stretch run here late, late in the season with only a few games left. Try to get back as many guys healthy as you can. And uh, who knows, maybe a certain King wearing 22 will pop up towards the end of the season. So, Titans, I think, here get the win against the Jaguars. Giants at Chargers, their first non-divisional matchup here. And 
the Chargers, the Chargers have been up and down all season long. But I, I think that win against Cincinnati gives them confidence. And I think that should give them confidence going forward. And going against a Bengals team that has been really good this year. So, give me the Chargers here to beat the Giants. 49ers at Bengals. 49ers have been a sneaky team. 6-6. Six and six. Jimmy G hasn't played bad at all. Got some really fun pieces on that offense. Debo Samuel included. Bengals, they're looking for a bounce back win at home. Of course, one thing for Joe Burrow to be concerned about, the 49ers pass rush. Can this Bengals offensive line protect him in this game to give him time to give it to guys like Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, C.J. Uzama, Joe Mixon out of the backfield, help Joe Mixon with the running lanes. I think Bengals here, I'll take them. I could see the 49ers coming in there and knocking them off. I definitely could. But I'll be safe here and take the Bengals. Bills at Buccaneers. This should be one of the more fun ones of this week. The Bills need this one, guys. They definitely do. With the way things are shaping up. They definitely do. And this is a game you would love to have Tredavious White in. This is a game you would love to have him play in, going against those two wideouts in Evans and Godwin. You would love to have him. So this is going to be a tough one for the Bills. This is going to be a tough one. You're going to play Brady at Tampa. And Brady's been really good at Tampa. Not so well away from Tampa, but... I think with this one being a home game for him, for Tampa, and considering how he plays against the Bills, I think I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here. And it's going to really put Buffalo behind the eight ball. So, give me the Buccaneers here. Bears at Packers. NFC North matchup. I assume it's going to be Andy Dolan versus Aaron Rodgers. The also the team owner of the Chicago Bears. Uh, it's really crazy that crazy that to have a player slash owner playing in this day and age. Usually you don't see it. Uh, with this one being on Sunday night at Lambeau, I just I know it's an NFC North matchup. I know divisional matchups have been a reason to say like this thing could be close. I do think the Packers, they handled the Bears here. I think they handled them pretty well. And I'll go with Green Bay. Monday night game. Really good Monday night game. Rams at Cardinals. Rams, they need this one to bounce back big time. And also, it can make an interesting run here as far as the division race. It could be interesting to see how this could unfold the rest of that division race here. In the NFC West. I do think the Cardinals will come out and win this game. But this is the one the Rams absolutely need. They absolutely need. It helps them the rest of the season going forward. It helps them division wise. It also helps confidence wise. Gets their mojo back. That they had at the beginning of the season. 
Because right now, in the middle of the season, they have been off by a whole lot. So, give me the Cardinals here. But the Rams need this one. The Rams and Bills are the teams that definitely need to win this week. They definitely need to win this week. And then finally, we're going to close off the NFL with, with tonight's game. Steelers at a Vikings. With, of course, the Vikings losing to the Lions last week. And the Steelers knocking off the Ravens. So they, they're taking on another team wearing purple. Although a different team wearing purple. Different shade of purple there. And we'll have to see if Devin Cook is going to suit up for the Vikings. He may or may not. And uh, we'll have to see. Maybe that could be a potential dis- difference maker for the Vikings there. Because right now it's looking like for the Vikings, Adam Thielen, he's going to be out. So they're going to rely on Justin Jefferson a whole lot. Especially if Dalvin's not going to play. And for the Steelers, it seems like you got a lot of people playing in this game. Joe Hayden is going to be out. So watch out at corner there. Vikings are favored in this game if there's no Dalvin Cook. I think that's probably what I'm going to base this on. If there's no Dalvin Cook or if Dalvin Cook isn't completely 100%. I know not everybody's completely 100%. But if he's not even maybe what 75-80% less than that. Uh, I think I'll take the Steelers. I think I will. I think I'll take the Steelers here to win tonight. So, there's the NFL Week 14, everybody. And uh, hopefully we'll have a fun week of games there. Uh, We should. We got a couple fun ones with the Bills, Buccaneers, Rams, Cardinals. A couple other fun ones like Raiders, Chiefs, Cowboys, Washington. Should be a fun week of NFL football ahead ahead of us. So now let's go and switch gears and let's talk some college football. And we're going to start off with the rankings being set with the conference championship and with the coaching carousel. So let's start off. Let's just, you know, let's just start off with the conference championship weekend. Let's start off with the games in general. And then we'll go right into the, the committee. And who their four were that are going to be playing for the for the national championship, and we'll talk about some of the bowl games, some of my some of the bowl games that they have on the schedule that I'm very interested in. That should be fun one, and also I think we'll close up with the coaching carousel. Not as huge this week to talk about, but there's been a couple big time moves that have happened since we last talked. So let's go in and let's dive into conference championship weekend. And let's start off with the two games on Friday night. Utah at against going against Oregon. Of course, when these two teams match up, Utah completely handled Oregon. It's like 38 to 7. And I went and picked Utah on this game because I think I think, you know, Utah, they've been a they're a really good team. Kyle Whittingham has, has got a really good Utah team. And he coaches them really well, year in and year out. And I picked Utah based on the fact, like, I I just didn't like 
the vibes from Oregon. And I just felt like, you know, you could see a scenario in which Oregon bounces back and wins this one and gets revenge. But I think Utah, at this moment in time, is the better team. And they certainly show that on Friday night. 38-10. to 10. Big time win there. And they're going to the Rose Bowl. Going to the Rose Bowl, I believe, for the first time in school history. So, that's obviously a big deal for them. And winning the Pac-12. Big stuff from them. Big stuff from Kyle Whittingham. So, congratulations to Utah as they beat Oregon 38-10. to Next up, we have Western Kentucky. And the University of Texas San Antonio playing in the Conference USA game. I went with Western Kentucky in this one. Uh, I like Western Kentucky's offense. They got a really good quarterback there. Bailey Zappi. He's been playing out of his mind this year. And we went over the stats last week and talking about it. But like, I mean, just in this game, he threw for almost 600 yards. He threw for almost 600 yards. Four touchdowns. Did have a couple of interceptions, though. But Texas San Antonio was able to outlast the Hilltoppers, getting back in the win column, and winning this one 49-41. A fun, high-scoring game in the conference and Conference USA's championship game. So, the Roadrunners of UTSA, they finished 12-1 and on the year. Really good year there. By the by, that program. Next up, we have all the conference championship games on Sunday, and we're going to talk about the bigger ones later. We also had USC against Cal last week as a makeup game. Cal wins that one, twenty-four to fourteen. I went with USC, considering with everything they had in the week, maybe it was going to be a huge boost for them. It was not. So Cal finishes five and seven. USC four and eight. Really weird to see it 4-8 next to USC's, USC's name. So, let's start off and let's talk about the MAC Championship. Kent State at Northern Illinois. With the MAC Championship, some action. I went with Kent State in this one. I probably should have stuck with the team that had the better record here in Northern Illinois. 41-23. Uh, there were uh, Northern Illinois' really solid team that's not in the Power Five. Uh, winning this one, 41-23, finished 9-4 on the year, and winning this one. So, they secure the MAC championship. Not a whole lot of big-time stats in this, in this game, but Northern Illinois, they capture the MAC championship. So, congrats to them. Then, next up, we have the Mountain West Championship between Utah State and San Diego State. San Diego State's been a really good team this year in the Mountain West. They've had a really good season, and they ran into a buzzsaw on Saturday with Utah State. The Aggies winning 46-13. San Diego State just could not get anything going. And props to Utah State. Logan Bonner, their quarterback, had a good game at this one. 
29 to 42, 318 yards, four touchdowns to one interception. And he had a really good day. And one of his receivers were on the receiving end of two of those touchdowns. And Brandon Bowling with a couple touchdowns along with 154 yards receiving with eight receptions. So the Aggies of Utah State knock off the Aztecs and they capture the Mountain West Championship. So congrats to them. Next up, we got the Sun Belt Conference, Appalachian State at Louisiana. Billy Napier's last game as the coach there for this school as he heads off to Florida. And I went with Appalachian State this game because I felt like there's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of distractions going on with Louisiana with last week and with it and with their coach being concerned about stuff going on with Florida now. It seems like it did not affect them as Louisiana wins Napier's final game 24 to 16. So Louisiana finishes 12 and 1 this year, perfect conference record, and they capture the Sun Belt Conference Championship, knocking off the Mountaineers of Appalachian State, finishing with a record of 10 and 3. So Congrats to Louisiana for winning this game, even though they, they lost their coach. It's a, it's a win-lose situation. You win a, the conference championship, but at the same time, you you lose probably your best coach in school history as uh, he's, he heads off to his new job. And then let's get into the big ones that decided a lot of stuff. We got Pittsburgh at Playing against Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. This is a big one for both these schools. Nice change of pace of teams playing in the ACC championship. But Pitt outlasts the Demon Deacons. Wins 45-21. Really awesome season there by the Pitt Panthers. Kenny Pickett caps off a, a good season having a really good game in this one. Sam Hartman, who's been really good for the Demon Deacons, just has, did not have his best game. 21-46, 213 yards, two touchdowns, but four interceptions. Cannot do that in a, in a game of this magnitude. So, the Pitt Panthers are your ACC champions. So, they're head off to a New Year's Bowl game. Next up, we have Houston at Cincinnati. Obviously, a huge one for Cincinnati. They lose this one, they're out. They win this one, and if they have a couple other things go their way, they're definitely for sure 100% in. And Houston was a ranked opponent. They need to knock them off. And they certainly did that 34 and 35 to 20 as they cap off their season with the only perfect record in college football this season. So congrats to the Bearcats as they have a perfect season. They won the AAC Championship. And now they are the first General 5 team, non-Power 5 team, to get into the college football playoff. So congrats to them on a big and huge season by the Bearcats. So now let's go and switch gears. Let's go and talk about the Big 12 championship game. Baylor at Oklahoma State. My, oh my, what a close one this was. And that is probably an understatement considering how close Oklahoma State was 
to capturing the Big 12 title. Literal inches away from knocking off Baylor and getting the Big 12 championship. And maybe, if things went their way, find a way into the college football playoff. But, does not go their way. Baylor survives that ending there 21-16. to And just got to get props to Dave Aranda on the job he's done with that Baylor program. Matt Rule got that program trending in the right direction when things were not looking good there for that program. And then Dave Aranda has kind of picked that up here in the last couple seasons, and he's done a really good job there with that program. So props to him on the job he's done, and congratulations to him and the Baylor Bears. Next up, the Big Ten Championship game. You wondered if Michigan was going to have a little bit of a hangover from their win against Ohio State. What hangover? Not knocking off Iowa, forty-two to three, huge win in the conference championship game. Knocking off an Iowa team that's been pretty good all year round, and Michigan just goes in there and just destroys them. They just destroy them, and Michigan. Uh, you cannot have this any other way if you're Harbaugh. This this is. Harbaugh has got to be grinning from ear to ear with the way things have been going. Knocking off Ohio State, getting to the Big Ten Championship game, and then blowing out the team in the Big Ten Championship game and going to the college football playoffs. So a remarkable season there by the Michigan man himself. A much-needed season for Harbaugh that he needed to have, and he got it done, so... Now all that's left for him is the college football playoff. And then finally, the SEC championship game, Alabama at Georgia. Georgia jumped on the Crimson Tide 10 to nothing early on. But after that, it, it, Alabama outscored the Bulldogs 41-14. to And the Crimson Tide, they come in there and win. Another SEC championship, Bryce Young having an amazing day in this game. 26 of 44, 421 yards, three touchdowns, passing Mac Jones' record, I believe, for passing yards in an SEC championship game. And also, he give, uh, come, give with this, he gets the voted the AP College Football Player of the Year. So, the SEC championship really capped off. A really good year for him, and he gets that prestigious honor from the from the AP and getting college football player of the year from them. And so Alabama, SEC champions once more. Georgia, no longer undefeated, but they're still in the playoff. As now we switch gears and let's talk about the playoff. Top four teams pretty much stayed the same. From the week before. As. Georgia. They dropped a couple spots. So they're now number three. Alabama sits at one. Considering their win. Over Georgia. Michigan at two. And Cincinnati at four. And then you got Notre Dame. Ohio State. Baylor. Ole Miss. Oklahoma State. All looking on the, out- uh, on the outside looking in. So there's your four. 
However, for Alabama, you are going to be losing a player that you really want in John Mechie. He's out with a significant ACL injury. So Alabama is going to be operating without one of their key offensive weapons. And so you'll have to see who from Alabama steps up in his place. So right now the matchups, Alabama and Cincinnati and Michigan and Georgia. And initial thoughts are, committee, I see what you're doing. We're going to get an SEC championship rematch in, in the national championship. We see what you're doing. I mean, was there probably any other way? Would you want a rematch right after? I mean, I guess not. But I think I maybe would have rather preferred that than just probably clearly saying like, hey, we think Alabama's definitely going to beat Cincinnati and Georgia's probably going to beat Michigan. I would love to see one of those teams play spoiler. I do think Michigan would have a better chance of doing it than Cincinnati, though. Although, not having Mechie play for Alabama, that can certainly change things in which they could pro- Cincinnati can probably shift more of their attention to somebody like Jamison Williams, who's been playing really well and has taken the top off de- defenses all season long and has a lot of yards after the catch. So, they can probably shift all their attention to him. Uh, how will Cincinnati's offense prepare for Alabama's defense, even though Alabama's defense has not been what it's been known to be. So we'll have to see how all this unfolds. December 31st, I believe, is when these semifinal games are taking place. So we'll have to wait until then. But there's your top four. Alabama 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, and Cincinnati at number 4. So... There's your college football playoff rankings, everybody. Those are the final ones. And now everything's set up for bowl season. And we'll do things how we, with bowl season how we did them last year. We'll take a look at them week by week, and we'll pick the games that are... So, like, for example, so next week, we uh, we have a few games. We'll pick the week. We'll pick the games that take place within the week of me recording the pod next week. And between the time of the next pod. So, for these first few games, we'll, we'll talk about them next week. And we'll pick them then. And then so on and so forth with the rest of these bowl games. Because we got a lot of bowl games to pick. We got over 40 bowl games here to pick. So, we're not going to do them all at once. So, we're probably going to be doing the first handful of of games next week and let me see if I can go find the uh the schedule for the week to come and to talk about what games we are probably going to be picking. So we're definitely going to be picking the Bahamas Bowl, Milton City State and Toledo. The Cure Bowl with Northern Illinois versus Coastal Carolina. Then we got Boca Raton New Mexico, Independence, Lending Tree, L.A., New Orleans. I got to make sure. It's not, okay. Yeah, there we go. I had to make sure that I wasn't going a little bit too ahead of myself. Uh, L.A., New Orleans, Myrtle Beach Bowl, Famous Idaho Potato, the 
and the Frisk Bowl. And we got a few others. So we got a lot to pick in the week to come. And so I think we'll... Okay, so we got a lot of games to pick before we pick the next batch of games, which will start after the 23rd because hopefully we'll do the pod there to before Christmas. And uh, then we'll do the pod the last week of the season to cover the next slate of games. Which will include a, uh, which will include a lot of them. Which will include a lot of these games here, and include some of the big bowl games that you guys are going to turn about the New Year's Six bowl games. So, with that being said, let's talk about some of the bowl games. Where some where some of the bowl games I'm keyed in on that I think should be fun. Uh, we mentioned one of them, the ones that we're going to be picking early on: the Cure Bowl, Northern Illinois, Coastal Carolina. Should be a fun game between those two opponents. Western Kentucky and Appalachian State should be a fun one. With uh, with those two offenses there. The Frisco Bowl between Texas Antonio and San Diego State. Should be a fun one with one of them being 12-1 and one and San Diego State being 11-2. and two. So a game in which these teams have three combined losses on the season. So that should be a fun one. Uh, curious how Army and Missouri will go. Missouri's rushing attack hasn't been up to snuff this year, and so curious to see how that's going to go for them. Uh, of course, Army, they still got one more regular season game to play with their regular scheduled Army and Navy game. And I think I'm going to take Army to win that game and push Army to 9-3, so we'll have to see. Gasparilla, I'm just curious to see. You know, it's a Florida matchup. Florida, UCF, how's this going to go? Let's see, a couple others. Houston and Auburn. Auburn gave Alabama a battle there in the Iron Bowl. Houston, 11-2, one of the best teams in the AAC. And kind of a de facto home game for Auburn, with that being at Birmingham, Alabama. So we'll see how that goes. The Holiday Bowl, UCLA, NC State is another one I'm 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 looking at. Clemson and Iowa State should be a fun one with uh Davos Sweeney, Matt Campbell going at it in that game. The Alamo Bowl, Oklahoma and Oregon with uh <laughs> with what's going on with those two teams here recently, that should be fun to watch. Of course, for me, I'm keyed in on the Music City Bowl. Tennessee and Purdue. I've not started pressuring my dad into trying to get us to go yet, or as much as I should be. Uh, so obviously I'm keyed in on that one, and I think Tennessee's got a really good chance to win that one and take care of another Big Ten team. So we'll have to see how that goes. Then one that it's caught my eyes: the Tax Slayer Bowl. Wake Forest has a good offense, and they're playing Texas A&M. Then we got, you know, the Citrus Bowl, Iowa, Kentucky. That should be a fun that should be a fun one. And then the New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, Michigan State and Pitt. That that could be a fun one. That could be a really fun one in the Peach Bowl on December 30th. Notre Dame at Oklahoma, playing Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State just losing their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, to Ohio State. We'll have to see if he still coaches in this game. And then Marcus Freeman making his 
essentially de facto head coaching debut in a bowl game and uh, in a New Year's Six bowl game. So that's going to be on New Year's Day at Fiesta Bowl. That should be a fun one to watch. See how uh, it, how well Marcus Freeman does here with uh, all the circumstances that have transpired around Notre Dame here the last few days. Of course, the Rose Bowl, or is otherwise known as the Urban Meyer Bowl with Ohio State and Utah going against each other. And uh, we'll see how those teams play each other. And then this should be a fun one. Sugar Bowl, New Year's Day at New Orleans, Baylor, Ole Miss. I think this one should be a fun one with uh, with how well Baylor's played this year and with how well Ole Miss has played this year. I don't know if Matt Corral is going to be playing in this game. That That's something to keep an eye on. I have to go and search that up because if not, that could, I don't know about Ole Miss in this bowl game. So, let's see. Okay. I don't know if he is going to play. I'm searching it. I'm not seeing anything pop up about it. So, I'm assuming he is. So, those are some of the games I'm looking forward to, everybody, with uh, with bowl season right here ahead of us. And another thing to cap off college football here before we get into the coaching carousel, the Heisman Trophy voting is this week. Of course, my pick, DJ Uy Angulale, not in it after the season Clemson has had. Not where they wanted to be. And we got a pretty interesting batch of Heisman candidates here ahead of us. And uh, one of them includes a defensive player. So this should be a, a an interesting one to watch. I definitely think it's going to go to one of the quarterbacks. And it's probably going to be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. If I had to, if I had to bet on it, I would think it's going to be Bryce Young that's going to win this one. Uh, Kenny Pickett, he's also a Heisman finalist. Props to him on the season he's had with Pitt. And then Aiden Hutchinson, just having a remarkable last couple games here and big time moments where big time players make big time plays, and he certainly did that. On uh, on those stages, obviously there's been a there's a couple that have been snubbed. No Kenneth Walker after the season he's had with Michigan State. No Matt Corral after the season he's had with Ole Miss. But I don't think I have too much of a problem with with these finalists. I do think Bryce Young is definitely the favorite and is going to be walking away with this Heisman Trophy. So I think Alabama gets another Heisman Heisman Trophy winner coming back. To Tuscaloosa after bringing the home award last year with Devontae Smith. I think it's coming back this year with their young quarterback. So there's a couple of college football stuff to get out of the way. Now let's talk about some coaching carousel news that has happened last time or happened within the last week since we last talked. And let's dive on deep into them. And I say let's go to Oklahoma first and talk about that because there's been a couple hires going on there. Oklahoma officially making the hiring of Clemson former Clemson defense coordinator Brent Venables official. Venables has had ties to the school. He's coached there. And it's 
think it was he was last there in 2011, and he's been at Clemson since. So he's going back to Oklahoma to take the head job there, and he's bringing along with him Ole Miss offensive coordinator Jeff Levy. And if I am being honest, I'm curious to see how Venables handles the day-to-day coaching stuff. That's obviously something to watch, and also being a defensive guy, and and with how college football has completely gone to offense and how it's run, how he handles that. But he's got a good guy at offensive coordinator with Jeff Levy and with the job he did with the Ole Miss's offense here. So I think for the Oklahoma offense, I think a lot of that stuff will stay in place with scheme and all that stuff. Venables, I think he's going to get this defense going good. He's one of the best defensive minds out there. He's got a good play caller at offensive coordinator. And that should be a, a good recipe for success there. And uh, both those guys can recruit. Venables can definitely recruit. So uh, I I like the hire. And maybe I like the hire a little bit too much because of how much it affects Clemson from my Tennessee fan point of view. But for the Oklahoma fan base, you bring the guy that's been there, you bring him back. One of the best defensive minds in football. One of the better recruiters and coaches out there. And also you get a really good play caller in Levy who runs a modern day offense that can score points. So, good hires there from Oklahoma. Now let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about Miami. Miami making a move. This has been rumored for... A few, this was rumored for a few days now, and a lot's been made of it. What, uh, like, oh, how bad it screws Manny Diaz and, and and all this stuff. And you know, I think one one thing we gotta keep in mind is that I think, or at least I think some fan bases would hope, when you have a situation where you're looking for a new ho- coach and you fire the old one, that you have a certain idea of what you want and maybe have something in place. This is kind of like that scenario where Miami had something in place and that they were talking to Crystal Ball and that this is going on for a while now. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't suck. Does it hurt? Yeah. It doesn't make you feel better at the end of the day. But I guess in the end, it's just how business goes. And uh, they lined Crystal Ball up to be the next guy. They had their target. They set the. They set their minds on it, and they went and got him. And getting Mario Cristobal, they're getting a really good coach who's done a really good job there at Oregon. Has really got that place going. Can recruit. Can recu- Can coach really well. And for Miami, as a hometown kid, he's got family there. He's played for there. He's going to bring a lot of energy to that program that Miami has sorely lacked for years now. And I think he's definitely going to get that program moving in a positive way. A good Miami can only help, and a good USC can only help college football. I mean, listen, if you're tired of of Alabama, if you're tired of Clemson, if you're tired of Ohio State, Georgia, everybody else, having other teams coming back like USC and Miami certainly helps. It can make those playoff chases and those conferences a lot more interesting than they than they've been for the last few years. So I really like the crystal ball hire. I definitely think 
he's going to get that program back to at least a, a good level. I don't know to that historic level, but definitely to a level to where you can say they use back and they're doing really good year in and year out and keep and making guys stay at home and bringing a lot of talent to play for the U. So really good hire there for Miami, really good hire for Oklahoma. And now Oregon's open. Which direction does Oregon go in? Do they kick the tires on a Chip Kelly reunion? Or do they go in another direction? Brian Harzen, who's got connections to the Northwest. Does he leave Auburn after a year? Or is it somebody else? Maybe is it Kiffin? Or may, who knows? So now another pretty another big-time job just opens up. And... Uh, and this offseason just keeps on getting crazier and uh, crazier with the, all these coaching changes going on. And uh, we'll have to see how they affect these teams going forward. Um, you got early signing day next week. So a lot of big-time stuff happening in the world of college football. You got the Heisman. You got college football playoff being set. You got bowl season. You got all these coaching changes being made to big-time programs. So it was a lot of fun here in silly season for college football. So that'll do it us do it for us here, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, like I said, we'll talk about more of the bowl games next week and pick a few of them. And we'll talk about what happens in the NFL next week. And again, for the entertainment channel, be on the lookout for a No Way Home prediction spot. Hopefully we'll have that up for you guys Next week, again, busy week next week. You got the premiere on Monday, and you got some the in some places in some countries showing it on the 15th. So be wary of spoilers out there, everybody. Be wary of all that stuff. So exciting next week here uh, for both those spots. So that'll do it for us here, everybody. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next time.